Hello everyone, I am Manny. And I'm Wyo. Welcome back to the Kink Buffet Podcast. This is episode 9 of season 2. And it is Halloween. And we saved a very special Halloween podcast. Boy, do I feel like (laughs) Charlie Brown. I don't know. It's the the Halloween podcast special. It's the Great Pumpkin, Manny. That's right. (laughs) Uh, and as part of the theme of Halloween, as part of our adventure travel, we always start with where we are. We are deep in the the uh, Rocky Mountains. We drove several hours up a Jeep road to get to a cave. A very muddy road. And we spent the day exploring the cave. And it's a wild cave. There's no tours or signs. You actually have to know it's there. We used rope. We... Like, it's the real deal. I mean, it's a wild cave we explored. And we spent all day in there because it's a a large cave system. But before we went, last night we, of course, watched a movie about some cavers who get pursued by... (laughs) Because that's what you do, scare the right? shit we, out of we yourself. Right, we, we watched the horror movie about caves. Think and, about all the ways something can go wrong. Yeah, and <laughs> and that seems crazy. Like, why would anybody want to do something to scare themselves? I mean, fear is a bad thing, right? Mm, or is it? Or is it? I don't know. I mean, nobody goes to watch horror movies, and nobody gets on the Tower of Doom at the amusement park. They only do it for the view. They don't... Enjoy being scared, right? Well, yeah, that's why I zip line upside down over alligators. <laughs> yeah, Wyo actually zip lined over an alligator farm. Mm-hmm. That was their little zip line hook. <laughs> zip, <laughs> you can zip line. She hung upside down, dangling and, and teasing the alligators while she was sliding above their snapping jaws. Well, it wasn't that dramatic, but yeah, we'll go with that. Let's just say. Let's, let's just say this: if the zip line broke. There's no more Wyo. There's no more Wyo, and it's not because the fall killed you, because you were only at one point about 10 feet above the gators. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but it was fun to be scared. It is. People on the outside may be surprised that fear is something that people can incorporate into their sex life, right? Mm-hmm. The and fun doesn't end at the bedroom door. No. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes sense that you wouldn't think of that as being part of sex because in a vanilla world, if a person, especially a woman, is afraid during sex, it is probably a bad thing. It is probably a... A her, lack of a, trust, a, a, a sketchy partner. <laughs> a sketchy situation. Right. So it doesn't mean that fear is automatically good. Right. That's... Crazy, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's about the controlled fear that can be used as another tool in the tool bag of the person putting together a BDSM scene for somebody. Right. It's a way to elicit emotion. It it's is. a way to release brain chemicals. It's a way to get the blood chilled there's, or hot. Yeah. There is so much about it mm-hmm. that it can be used for. So let's start with, fear is not for everybody. That comes up during negotiation. Always negotiations first. Yeah, we're going to keep going back to that till the people listening to this are sick of hearing it. But 
we'll stop talking about it as soon as we hear that everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. it can, that isn't going to happen. There's so. no fear play without removing the fear that you're going to survive the experience. And so the consent has to be there. Well, negotiation then, has to be there. And even the level of fear. Like, how scared do you want to be? Or what? Or not only that, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid that I'm going to violate your hard nose? Are you afraid that I am going to disregard your safety? Are you afraid that I'm going to share you with other people? That I'm going to leave you after the scene? That I am going to abandon you? I mean, there's... Think you're gross. Or are you just afraid of clowns? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so it has to be negotiated. What are the the hard nose? Uh, you don't like clowns. I don't like clowns, and it happens to be on my hard no list. It's on Wyo's hard no list. So, but you also love being scared. Right. But clowns is not one of the ways I can scare you. I cannot tie you up and have a couple friends walk into clown outfits. No. Not acceptable. No, that will be an instant red. Yes, so... Well, no, I, I'm it, unlikely to full-on panic. It's not even instant red. It was right. red before it happened. Right. So there is no conflict there. The fact that you like fear but have hard nose, there's no problem there. Mm-hmm. It's the same as we talk about negotiating the, the, the rides in the playground or the things on the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Hard nose are still off limits. <laughs> My blood is still... Just thinking about clowns? Just freaking out with the clown. You just made me... <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm okay. Okay. However, (laughs) having said that, clowns are a hard no, which, so we don't do, (laughs) we don't do, we don't do clown play. However, if you were tied up and I threatened you with a clown coming over, that falls into the gray area. I haven't violated the hard no. I've just spoken of (laughs) that look on your face. But... Uh, the fear of something happening, I mean, you could, like, you could put a pair of pliers to your partner's fingernails and threaten with pulling off the fingernails and not do it. If they agreed to being scared, but did not agree to having their nails being pulled off and they didn't, then you use that hard no as a way of eliciting fear. You did not, you scared them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's necessary to do things like that because... What do you do when, like, how do you scare a partner who trusts you? That's not easy. Well, but I also would trust that you're not going to pull my fingernails off. So is that really... But are you really scared? Well, yes, if if in that moment I can convince you that that might happen. Mm-hmm. And that would be the challenge. So let's, but let's, before we get into that, why do you like being scared sometimes it's not a fetish fear is not a fetish it is one of the things that you like sometimes just like many things that you like sometimes Mm -hmm. why for me it's all about brain chemicals like i like just now i got all fidgety with just thinking about it but like with pain for me i get an adrenaline rush that feels good i get relief after I didn't die or, you know, I that didn't hurt me so much that I couldn't overcome it. I get that kind of response from it and I f- and it actually affects my desire at the same time. Right. And what's interesting is that a lot of things 
it has to do with your ability and my ability to take you there, but to cross those signals between something that otherwise would be bad, but overlap it into something sexual. Mm-hmm. For instance, most masochists don't like stubbing their toes. Nope. So, but there's that has not been sexualized. Right. Yet something that may hurt even worse in a sexual context becomes sexualized and becomes a sexual thing. Those brain chemicals that your brain releases, whether it's endorphins to deal with the pain at the highest level or even just whatever whatever neurons are firing, mm-hmm. if that gets somehow wrapped into a sexual thing, then those neurons are firing sexually. You're right. And that mechanism is what makes everything kinky in our in our brains it it basically it, can. it basically starts there for and, most people right and it's the same thing with fear i mean mm-hmm. if you're afraid of losing your job and not knowing how you're going to pay your rent that's not good fear that's not going to turn you on right that's going to be cortisol that's going to be anxiety stress anxiety you know mm-hmm. the same way somebody actually chasing you with a knife isn't going to be sexual right i mean i suppose give me a hundred masochists probably a few of them are going to get turned on by it but most people that's not what they that's Mm -hmm. not the fear that we're talking about it's the context of some part of you knowing that you're safe but then allowing yourself to suspend disbelief just like watching a horror movie Mm -hmm. right but also knives yeah you like knives (laughs) but even knives they're I don't know, phallic. <laughs> <laughs> but so even even knives, though, in that context, mm-hmm. someone on the street trying to steal your purse with a knife is not turning you on. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that doesn't even have to be scary. A knife being gently dragged across your chest mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily scare you, but that could be a turn on. Mm-hmm. But it also could be done in a way that is scary. Mm-hmm. So you're crossing the signals over. How do you make... I've never actually even asked you this in depth, but so in the erotic setting, being scared by something, we'll talk about the different ways of scaring you, Mm -hmm. but being scared by something you sexualize, how does your brain separate those two things? Because you, like, or separate them. How, How does your brain put aside the thing that you're fantasizing about being afraid of and allow you to enjoy sex at the same time. For instance, I can't speak of this obviously firsthand, but lots of women will get really turned on sexually during a rape fantasy. But had that rape been real, there's nothing sexy about it. It's a just horrible traumatizing experience. Mm -hmm. Somehow, you're able to connect the dots when you know it's fake. How, like, how does that work? How are you able to separate? How are you able to suspend disbelief to buy into the fantasy? Because you're not scared if if you're not bought into what's happening. But then let go of it enough to not really feel what you'd be feeling if it was real. Does well, that make sense? I think what you're asking is like, it's basic, the basis of submission. Like, I have to not analyze what's happening i have to just let it happen be present in the moment feel the sensations that are in my body not thinking about what's happening and that's the same thing 
that I do when, you know, basically any time we were having sex is because you, you know, move my body without asking me to go into a position or some other way that you take control. And it's that relaxing into the sensation that, that takes it there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it still seems like that would be... Body stimulations, they elicit the response whether or not you want it to. So that's why, even though you're scared by something, if there's something vibrating on your pussy, it will still feel pleasurable. Mm -hmm. Does that ever feel confusing for you? It's fucking confusing, yeah. Okay, is the confusion fun? Yeah, and sometimes I have to process it, but... The more I try to process it in the moment, the more it takes away from the experience. So I have to let it happen, and that's the submission part. Like I have to focus on what's actually happening. Okay, I'm not dying. <laughs> I'm scared, but I am not dying. I'm in a lot of pain, but I'm not in so much pain that I'm bleeding. I'm okay. And feeling what, uh, you know, the other sensations, like the pleasure... Or whatever else is happening. And then going back and kind of addressing like if it was something that triggered an emotion or something like that. It seems, the confusion. Right. Mm-hmm. It seems like what you're saying then, this is an, yet another area where trust is important because to let go, you have to know you are safe. Absolutely. But is it not a challenge you know you're safe to allow yourself to feel unsafe. Mm-hmm. Do you make yourself feel that way, or do you just... Like, I'm, I'm just curious about the, the process. I mean, how do you get to a place where you allow yourself to be scared when you're with someone you know won't hurt you? Well, it's a similar thing with, like, if you're going to ride a amusement park ride. Like, statistically, you know, or you're going to ride in an airplane statistically you know you're going to be okay because there are precautions in place. So being able to be with a partner that I trust, I can allow myself to question the the immediate thought that's like make it stop it's going to hurt me, you know. Okay. And it's the it's the way that the brain handles those situations. It's just the way our bodies are they're evolved to overcome. You have to get away from this predator that's after you. So the blood pumps away from your core, gets into your arms and your legs to get your body away from the threat. And then afterwards you get the relief. Okay, I'm okay. So the brain has systems in place already to make all that work. If you get into your head where you're thinking about the minuscule chance that the airplane's going to fall out of the air, then yeah, you're going to never overcome that bit of fear. But if you get on the airplane, pretty soon you don't even feel like you're on an airplane. You're just in a chair. Okay. That, I mean, it makes it makes sense. It just... And I'm not in your position, so that's why mm-hmm. it's hard to understand how you do it. I know from my perspective... I love scaring you. Mm-hmm. And again, I like scaring you make believe scared. Mm-hmm. 
the same way if I if I wrote and directed horror movies, I would love to see sit in a the theater and watch people jump and scream. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I, I have any interest in doing something... That would actually harm people. Yeah, I would never stalk a woman and make her fearful for her life. Mm-hmm. That's not a turn-on or sexy. That's sociopathic, psychopathic, crazy. So, like, I like yeah, I never want to scare someone for real. Mm-hmm. I don't... When I drive... I don't drive in a way where you're actually scared. So there, there is a, it's again, it's separating the fantasy from the reality, but the fantasy of I'm taking you to this place is mm-hmm. fun. I'm getting what, like if you were in the, in the movie theater and you have a good jump scare and you scream, well, that's what you paid to get. You wanted mm-hmm. that. You paid money to go jump. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I know that you enjoy that. So that's what makes it fun for me. The, it's funny because I've had to work really hard to scare you because you do trust me so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you this because people are listening, but the reason why, or the method I use to scare you, the only way I can scare you, like I, I have to be, like I have to get you to somehow suspend disbelief that you're safe. I have to somehow make you feel at that moment that you really, truly aren't safe. Which is hard because you know you are. Mm-hmm. And... Well, and that's the whole reason I can enjoy it. It is. But I still need you to suspend that disbelief. For example... <laughs> so it seems contradictory, but... It is. It, it's symbiotic. It is. So, for example, if I had you tied up and then I said, All right, now I'm going to stab you. Mm-hmm. Like, you would probably just start laughing. Yeah. If I acted like, oh, you're really pissing me off now, I'm going to hurt you, which that's, you know, pretending that you're angry with a submissive is a great way to elicit fear. You see it all the time. Mm-hmm. If I did that to you, I don't feel like it would be effective because I don't get angry and yell It's out of character. It's, out of, so... it's so out of character, You, I don't think you would believe it. No. And so that doesn't work. Or when I do that, I think you probably at the moment feel it's me being more dominant and controlling than actually angry. Mm-hmm. But again, it's out of character. I'm not, that's not how I treat you. Mm-hmm. And so the only way I can consistently get you to suspend disbelief and it's telling you this doesn't blow the illusion. I mean, I could explain how a magic trick is done. If it's a good magic trick, you'll still buy into it. People still like pro wrestling knowing that it's choreographed. They can still enjoy pro wrestling, right? It's not Mm -hmm. like you have to believe it to suspend disbelief. Mm -hmm. So so I'm not pulling back the curtain when I say this. We've talked about this. But what I'm able to do is make you feel like I'm not taking your fear serious or your pain serious. Mm -hmm. And... Because I would never, you know, I would never do anything mean to you. So I make you feel like I'm going to accidentally hurt you. Mm. Like if we're doing anything with any type of breath play, I might know that you are just about out of breath. But if my reaction is, oh my God, you've got plenty of breath left. You can at that moment buy into the fact that, oh my God, he's he misunderstands how much I'm struggling right now. Because you know I wouldn't intentionally harm you, but... 
I'm capable of misjudging mm -hmm. how much breath you have left. And even when I, even if I tell you this tonight, I could make you believe it, right? <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely. Because well, there's a margin of error, and there's communication, and, and there's... I might, I'm human. I might make mistakes. Yeah. So me doing something to you, or me doing something that is so hard, if I I might know that your pain level is you're right about at your limit. If I tell you you're not even close, we're we're going to be going a lot further than this. I'm going to scare you, thinking that it's about to get really bad for you. Mm -hmm. But I know where you're at, and I know I'm about to stop. Mm -hmm. But I don't let you know that. And again, you know I wouldn't intentionally go past your limits. I would never play with you after you said a safe word. I would never do that. You know this. Mm -hmm. But if I make you think that I've misjudged how far you are, mm -hmm. I am capable of doing that. And therefore, you are you can buy into that happening. Right. And so I... My approach to scaring you is always to kind of laugh and be dismissive. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, you're not even close. You, you can, you got, you can hold your breath another thirty seconds easily. Come on, don't be silly. Well, and honestly, <laughs> the indifference is something I struggle with. Like I, I feel like in my regular life, sometimes I don't get hurt, even when I'm being emphatic about something not being a good idea or I don't like the way it's going. So the fact that we can play with that fear is it does help me process that as well. Mm -hmm. so, Absolutely. Yeah. And I also make you fear consequences that I change my mind and you don't get. Mm -hmm. Inevitable consequences. Like one of the things that I, I love to do to you is I'll put you on your back and I'll, I'll face fuck you. And I'll put a Hitachi inside of you, inside of your pussy. Mm -hmm. And then I will tell you, and then I will, your hands will be bound and your legs will be open. And I'll tell you that if you, if you push the Hitachi out of your pussy when you orgasm, you're going to get fill in the blank. But it's going to, sometimes it's going to be something way more extreme than you want. Mm -hmm. I'm going to smack your clit with a belt 20 times. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, three times sucks. Mm -hmm. And I tell you that. And now you know that you can't stop the orgasm from happening. You know that when you orgasm, you will not be able to not push Hitachi out. But you're scared to death trying your hardest not to do it. <laughs> right. And by the way, the last time we did this, you succeeded in doing that. You didn't push it out. Kind of pissed me off. But <laughs> <laughs> but there were no consequences. Like I, 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 I win sometimes. <laughs> right? But again, when I tell you that this is going to happen, it, you are scared at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're trying not to orgasm. You're afraid of what's going to happen when you orgasm, but you don't know if, well, you can't stop the orgasm from happening. Which only makes it bigger makes you, <laughs> and harder to control. And makes you, it makes you come harder. Uh -huh. But Which, uh, duh, that's why I do it. Right. Right. So, mm -hmm. and the whole idea of this is that I've introduced something scary because it just ratchet, ratchets up the intensity of that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's really fun. Mm-hmm. For you. <laughs> oh, it's not fun for you? <laughs> fun now and fun later. It's maybe not fun at the moment, but, <laughs> but being scared isn't fun at the moment. Mm -hmm. in a, at the, but when you're watching a horror movie, the 
that is incredibly fun. It's why you do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's a drug. It is. Our brain makes wonderful drugs. Yeah, I mean, people actually have written many, many papers on why do people enjoy horror movies, and it's like, it is a drug. Mm-hmm. It's a safe way to get this chemical release. Mm-hmm. Because you know you're in a movie theater. Right. You know the character's not coming out of the screen and actually going to get you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's make-believe. There's actually, I've, I've read many times that it fears could actually be considered a human need. We've evolved to live with fear in our life because as hunters and gatherers for hundreds of thousands of years, we had to be afraid every time there was a rustling in the bushes. If you climbed a tree every time you heard rustling in the bushes, you lived, you had babies that also climbed trees. Mm-hmm. If you assumed when you heard that rustling in the bushes that, oh, it, it's probably nothing. Well, usually it is nothing. But every once in a while, it's a tiger you get eaten before you make babies. Mm-hmm. So being scared is a, a part of our survival mechanism. I mean, we're, we're built to need this, or at least... Not necessarily need it, but have it in our lives. And now life is so easy. Like, when are you scared in daily life? Yeah, that's a good point. And horror movies give us that release. Mm-hmm. You know, again, that's just, now we're talking theory, but I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah. So why wouldn't it be something that you could get the same thing out of sex? Mm-hmm. I also, I've talked about, I like to build a roller coaster. If you watch, listen to this podcast, I always talk about it as a dominant. When I create a scene, I'm building a roller coaster. I decide how far it clicks up. Quick, 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 quick. How big the first drop is. When the turns are. When the loops are. Whether it's a shaky wooden roller coaster and that we think is going to fall apart. Or is it a, you know, big, scary, fast metal one. Like, whatever it is. It's an analogy. Mm-hmm. But when I create the ride... I don't think that ride is going to be as fun. I mean, a roller coaster that goes up and then just goes straight downhill for the entire length of the ride, then you get off, isn't as much fun as the variety. So I want there to be ups and downs. I want there to be highs and lows. Like in the middle of the most pleasurable moment, I might stop and and smack a part of you a couple times and take you completely out of the headspace of the pleasure and then bring you back to it. But it's because that emotional roller coaster is what you enjoy riding, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I also think there's another theory about, well, an idea I have about what fear is, is pleasure and the pleasure we feel can be relative to well, homeostasis would be the medical term, but it, it's relative to where we are at. Mm-hmm. If you went to an amusement park every single day your entire life, you are not going to enjoy the amusement park as much as you would if you work 60 hours a week and every couple months you get to go. Mm-hmm. Because you have this really difficult, hard situation, not all of it fun. Now you get to go do this fun thing. But is it fun all the time? Right. You know, are people... Are people, you know, truly happy when they do that, right? So the idea is you have more fun the further you have to travel to get there. And that's not uncommon in BDSM and bondage. I mean, you're in this place, you're bound, you're tied up, you're uncomfortable. Your orgasms are more intense. Well, maybe what they're more intense because 
they are so far from that position you're in, they're, the gap between where you were to where you get to is larger. It's, it's a more intense feeling, mm-hmm. right? And the, you know, pain is, is one way of taking you to a place that is really far away from the pleasure, but so is fear. Mm-hmm. You just went from being scared to death, and now you're coming harder than you have all night. Yeah. And that's, I think, more intense. Or at least it can be. It's a, it's a tool in the box. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you find sex... When sex is just pleasure, if we got... If we played... I'm not saying this wouldn't be fun, but if we played and basically the entire purpose of playing was just to give you pleasure for an hour and a half, orgasm after orgasm after orgasm, for an hour and a half straight. I mean, no one's going to complain about that. It's a pleasurable thing. But would you find that as pleasurable as being on the roller coaster? No one's going to complain about that, except for me, probably. (laughs) There are people that, I mean, they use orgasm torture, like where there's so much stimulation that it gets to the point where it's unpleasurable okay so you're right and so let's take that that's a type of correct mm-hmm. yeah orgasm giving Torture, orgasm. yeah so let's take that out but let's just say a level of pleasure where you keep having pleasurable orgasm after pleasurable orgasm mm-hmm. that's a good thing that was a really fun 90 minutes right but would that be... would that be satiating absolutely not for me okay you need to go on the ride mm-hmm. you need to be I, I call it putting you through the ringer yeah like, you need to be fucked up. Mm-hmm. Basically. <laughs> Basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I would, that last the same question. Would just being scared of being caused pain for an hour and a half be fun? No. So you like the pleasure mixed with it. Mm-hmm. So it's about getting the balance right. Yeah. Well, and the, the idea that the, like I said, I'm after the brain chemicals, so... I, one without the other doesn't achieve the same result. Like, I can have a roller coaster ride and really, really enjoy that. I'm probably going to be horny afterwards. So, right. you know, like, I'm going to need some release. But it's not going to be like, while I'm riding the roller coaster, I'm getting wet or something. Right. Unless it's a water ride. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a whole other fetish. Yes. <laughs> Which can be perfectly safe. We'll, we'll go there someday. Okay, so what about... Now, you also, we've talked about this, is that even though you're a s- submissive and you don't want to dominate someone, all the emotional and all the responsibility of doing it, you mm-hmm. do like topping people at times where you're actually the one causing the pain or doing the creating the restraints or the bondage. Mm-hmm. I like being one you like, when I have the right kind of skills for yeah. applying the sensation. Yeah. yeah. Now, you also enjoy porn where the person's scared. Mm-hmm. You enjoy their fear. Mm-hmm. That's, that is a sadistic quality, right? You're enjoying their fear. Mm-hmm. Probably for the same reason, right? That, mm-hmm. that you know that they're safe and you know that everything turns out okay. Right. So you can suspend disbelief and realize that this is consensual and all that. Right. Right. Just like watching a horror movie. Yeah, just sure. like watching a horror movie. So you can enjoy the person. But the difference is in, in that BDSM, the BDSM scene, the, the person may be scared. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also like creating fear. And the reason I know this <laughs> is the very first time we ever played with a woman, mm-hmm. 
and I made you top her in submission to me at the time and all that fun stuff. You liked scaring her, and I jumped on board with that. Do you do you remember that that's kind of how it started, where it was a very dismissive thing? Are you going to stop? No, I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to do it as long as I want to. She's tied up. She can. Mm, yeah. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. Like, you were being very, like, with after several hours of negotiation, because she was new. Mm-hmm. After several hours of negotiation and, and being as responsible and everything we're going to be, the minute the scene started and you had her tied up, you immediately were dismissing her, like telling her you're going to ignore her safe word and you're telling her, well, I don't think you specifically said that, but you, right. in fact, I know you didn't say that, but what you did is you gave her the impression that you were going to ignore, hey, don't even try telling me to stop because it's not going to stop. We're, right. This is going to, you're, you're, you're strapped in. Yeah, now, and when I had, like, I put would, a bunch of clips on her tits, and I was knocking them off with the crop, and so even to the point where I would act like there were more than there were, I would smack a place that there one had fallen off or something, so, yeah, yeah like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you, and but but I, I still remember the more it was the, just the dismissive attitude, like... All right, well, you signed on for this. You're strapped yeah. onto the ride. You're not getting off. How much does that suck for you? And because she's like, it's a lot. Oh, good. Good, good. Because <laughs> it's not stopping. Uh-huh. Um, by the way, after we, we played with her for three days, and mm-hmm. she had the time of her life, and yeah. we're, we're friends now. And, and so there was nothing about this that didn't turn out exactly the way we intended. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee she was scared. She was. She had never met either of us in person. She'd only talked to me on the phone for a month. Mm-hmm. So, she, so she had never met me in person before. Mm-hmm. She didn't know us, but she felt she felt safe and safe she, enough she was, to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have a reputation in the community that she could look into. Mm-hmm. She had been talking to me for a month, so she she mm-hmm. knew. But there was moments where you, when you were being dismissive of her, that wasn't you were trying to scare her. Mm-hmm. You were trying to make her think she was screwed. Yeah. Even after the several hours of. Letting her know how safe she was going to be. And I think I even remember saying, what makes somebody do this? And I'm, I'm sure she was paying attention, but we weren't talking like directly next to her. It's like, what makes somebody come and play with two people that they've never met before? I mean, that's, that's dangerous, <laughs> that's right? That's dangerous, right? That's like, I wouldn't smart. do this. Well, we, <laughs> well because the, the second the play started, we basically, she became this completely useless object yeah <laughs> that was there just for us mm-hmm. and uh, but we had negotiated that's what she wanted to experience we we i remember in the conversation we asked her how real do you want this to be do you want this to be like do you want us to check in with you every 10 seconds because you're new to this mm-hmm. or do you want to see what this is really like knowing you can say red anytime and stop right but barring that we're going to put you through it. And, and she was, she was gung ho. She wanted to know what this was like. Mm-hmm. And so, but fear was a part of it. Yeah. We took advantage, not a bad way, but we took advantage of the situation, which was, it was easy to scare her because she didn't know us mm-hmm. and we could, but she must've, she never stopped. No. She, so she must've had some confidence <laughs> that she, that she knew us enough to know. Silly girl. <laughs> Um, but that was actually, now that was even fun doing, um, we need to find some more submissives to play with the two of us in that setting. Cause it was just a blast. It was so much fun to do that with you. Except for COVID. Yeah. COVID screws everything up, but (laughs) we, 
we played off each other so well and it was easy to it was easy to create the fear because it wasn't just one person saying, well, now that I've got you tied up, I'm going to do what I want to. It was a second person co-signing it. Right. That was such a fun thing. Like, we were newer in our dynamic, so, like, just seeing how... How well we how picked well up. How well we, yeah, picked up on each other's cues and could kind of evolve the the dialogue around each other. It was, it was a lot of fun. Well, that's when we started talking about... Like you are my slave, but we would we would like to have a slave, but she would be your slave, but you're not going to dominate her. That's way too much work. But ultimately, she would answer to you, who answers to me. Mm-hmm. And like how much fun we could have with that dynamic if someone, even if they traveled with us a little bit, like we could really play with the psychology of that yeah. together. But again, the this was about fear, and it was that we could inst- we could inst- create the suspension of disbelief even easier with two of us because we're just so nice. It's like, it's, we're going to have a hard time. <laughs> like, I mean, really, I mean, we're, it's mm-hmm. hard. Certain people would have a hard time being scary. Mm-hmm. No one's going to meet you and be scared by you. Oh, you hurt my feelings. Oh, <laughs> but, but you're nice. I mean, you're nice and pleasant and polite. I mean, you don't have that part of you where you just go, Ooh, there's some, there's a sadist in there. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that laugh. That, <laughs> that was a great laugh. All right, so what about how would how would a couple introduce this? I mean, how do you like how would someone even bring up to someone else to their partner? Again, man, woman, gender doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Sexual... Just, I was thinking about that. Like, how did we negotiate that that was going to be part of what we do? I. I think it started with the breath play for sure. Because that because breath play is about because breath play is about pushing the physical limit and there's almost a primal response to where you're getting close to it. So it's the easiest one to stop even if the communication's not fully clear. Like we have a nonverbal hand signal for the safe word, but you know like I can feel my body reacting like, okay, this is this is this is it. It's too far, and you're going. <laughs> no, we, you know, you can hold your breath another couple of seconds. We're not even or close. a couple of more. Yeah. Yeah, and but oh, no, no, you just got a full breath. You, you you're okay. You're you're just fine, and you're like your head's going. Oh. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I think, I think. To bring it up to somebody, if you're a vanilla, mm-hmm. um, it has to be some component component to like being interested in kink or like just. It's not an entry level. It's not toy to it's play not. with for sure. It's not. But if you're playing with the idea that oh hey um, you're going to be dominant tonight, and I'm going to submit to you, when you're talking about that, it, it's I think it's just. Being straightforward and honest, and saying, you know, hey, I kind of get I got, the other night. I I got, I got a little scared of him. I kind of like that, mm-hmm. and just expressing that you like it. And if you're embarrassed by it, it, just explain. It's no different than going to a horror movie. I like going to I like horror movies sometimes. I mean, people that don't like horror movies probably won't like being scared during sex. I mean, it's, it's or birth- maybe you will. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you will. I would be willing to bet there's an overlap. I could be wrong, but I think there's. Mm-hmm. I bet it's a pretty 
strong correlation. I think there's also a strong correlation for people who are just general adrenaline seekers. Yeah, adrenaline seekers. Yeah. And so talking about that and talking about, I would like you to scare me, would that be fun? Mm-hmm. You know, um, one real easy way is role play. Definitely. I mean, it's the, the role play is the easiest way to introduce almost any kink because it's a great way to relieve yourself of, of saying, for example, you don't have to say, hey, I think I would get turned on by being scared. Maybe that's maybe that's something you, that you're a little shy about admitting, but what you could instead do is say, I think a role play where this thing's happening, coincidentally, it happens to be a scary thing, mm-hmm. um, would be fun. Yeah. And then when you do the role play and the person immerses themselves in the role that involves you being scared, if as long as you have a good time afterwards, I don't think it would be as hard to say, "Hey, I was actually I was so into the I was so into that moment that I actually was scared at that moment thinking you really were that guy." Mm-hmm. And I liked it. Yeah. Like it's okay to acknowledge that because that person if if you had a good time is probably going to say, "Well, I kind of liked it too." Mhm. And I think that's that's important. Um, it, it starts with trust. You know, I think you have to know. Like, if you think the person's not going to harm you, then you shouldn't be doing BDSM at all. You all have right. you have to know you're not getting harmed. It's all fun. Sane. So it starts with safe, sane, and consensual yep. is one of the basic elements of the way that the BDSM community operates. We prefer rack. Right. Rack is... Um, Risk-aware, consensual risk-aware, kink. consensual kink. Because we play edgier, so things are not, in our minds, ever completely free of risk. Risk. Right. So. Risk-aware just means going into it knowing that it's... Like, if you go mountain biking and you fall off the bike and break your arm, it's not like, I had no idea that could happen. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. You've made the adult decision... That I'm going to do this activity knowing that might happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to hold it against mountain biking. Well, and especially <laughs> since we play so much in the realm of psychology and emotional. Like, even if I'm not physically damaged by something, I could have some emotional trauma that I have to work through afterwards. That is part of the risk. We, If you're sure. playing with fear, you can trigger something that is emotional or PTSD or who knows what. And... You're going to have to work through that stuff, too. Well, and aftercare is always important, but when you're playing with fear, that's one of the more obvious cases of aftercare being important. Mm. You've taken a person to a place where they're scared. You need to reclaim them. You need to reclaim that trust because Mm -hmm. in a very strange way, they almost, like, you have to trust the person to be able to do this and enjoy it, but then you also simultaneously have to not trust them for a moment. Mm -hmm. Like, if you don't let go of that trust you will never buy into the fact that there's actually something scary happening. Right. And in that realm, it's, it can be something that's not just like a threat of physical harm. It could be something like we've talked about we're never going to get married. And the fear play could be like, I'm going to whisk you away and I'm going to marry you and you were going to have babies. And like that could be severely traumatizing and terrifying. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> like, that is not what we've ever talked about. Why is this coming up? And send your brain into a tailspin. You know, that's a fear play. Right. 
Now, I just thought of something else that hadn't even occurred to me before. But oh, great. I, I'm giving you ideas. No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? I have ideas. <laughs> yeah, I, we're, I will never run out of ways to build the roller coaster for you. Don't worry there. Well, and the danger of me telling you what I like and don't like is you could use it against me. Well, so you, there's a fear. <laughs> you tell me what you like, and then you tell me what you don't like, and I'm going to be doing both of those things. <laughs> you know that. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so I just thought of something that hadn't occurred to me, though, that because this hasn't come up with me and you, but this very much could come up, is that there is a chance that the dominant who's trying to scare the submissive could be hurt by the fact that the submissive did get scared. Mm. Like, for instance, doing you're doing a role play. You know it's make-believe, and the submissive says, I really was scared for a minute there. There is a risk of the dominant saying, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait a second. What do you mean you were, you were actually scared? So you actually thought, like the fact that even 1% of you thought that I might actually do that hurts me. Like you, mm. I never even thought about that before because I, that isn't a concern of mine, but that, that could be a concern. I think that there, that delves into the, the category of that, Aftercare isn't just for the submissive. That's true. The submissive yeah. is the immediate aftercare. Mm-hmm. Right? The immediate aftercare is almost always the submissive. Mm-hmm. Usually. Usually. Very, yeah. Very. I mean, we're the ones that are at the risk of physical harm or the... And they just got, t- they just got off, you just got off the roller coaster. Right, the emotional or physical repercussions of all of the adrenaline and everything going but, on. But so, you need yeah. to, but you may need to reassure... And it's not a one-shot deal, the dominant, that you do trust them. Mm-hmm. And that the reason you felt scared was no different than you feel scared at horror movies, even though you know it's not real. Right. You can still feel scared. You also felt scared because they did such a good job. If they did a poor job of portraying a character in a role play, you might not be scared at all. Like, I am grateful to you for being so good at this character you played mm-hmm. that that I actually was able to buy into and enjoy it. Right. But that's only because you did such a good job. But then the aftercare goes both ways, which is, of course I trust you. Mm-hmm. Of course I know that. That's never without question. Mm-hmm. Go listen to this, this the King Buffet podcast. They'll explain why it's okay to, to suspend disbelief. Because mm-hmm. I've never been offended that you actually thought that you would be harmed. However, when we're not in the bedroom, if you ever question my trust outside of the bedroom, that would never be okay. It's never okay. I would right. be, I, and I would be hurt by that. Like sometimes when it has happened because of we have PTSD from past relationships, and mm-hmm. I have been offended or hurt. That what do you mean? You were worried that I was going to do this or that I wasn't going to take care of that. Mm-hmm. But the bedroom is a make believe place. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a role play. The dungeon is a role play. Right. You know, it's real things happening in a fantasy environment. And so you just have to be able to separate those two and, and understand that it has nothing to do with the submissive not trusting you. The, in fact, here, here we go. The only reason that submissive was scared was because they trusted you so much they allowed themselves to have this encounter with you. Mm-hmm. So by definition, they couldn't have even been in that position had they not trusted you. So I have a question for you about the difference between 
the character role play and the fear play being part of your dominant personality? Like, how do you, in your mind, separate that from yeah, the well, thing like you just said about the the daily fears of me not trusting you? Because it's on purpose. If we ever had sex and you got scared when it wasn't when I was trying to scare you, I would be just as hurt. Of course I would. What do you mean, like, you don't trust me? Did you think I was going to do that thing that hurt you? That would not feel good at all. That would be a, a problem in our relationship that would have to be addressed. Mm-hmm. When I'm trying to scare you, that's different. If I put you on the roller coaster and you get scared because I built a scary roller coaster, that's fun and exciting. But if you told me that you were scared while we were driving to the amusement park because you were afraid I was not going to pay attention well and crash, then I would be hurt by that. Those are, they're not the same. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of fear. Because I think that's kind of like a, it's a, a difficult line to walk because there are things that you might think your body can't do. Like, a lot of women think fisting is not physically achievable for them. So, the fact that somebody would, like, it might, it might be in your maybe category. It's not a hard limit, but it's a maybe we'll try it thing. And, and being able to go into that area could be a thing where the fear is triggered, but you're not really intentionally doing it. I don't know if I, either I don't understand or I'm not sure I agree. Mm-hmm. Because using that example, if you were somebody who could not be fisted or has never, when they've tried it, it hurt and you had to stop. Mm-hmm. I would be hurt if I said we're going to try fisting you and you were afraid of being harmed by this, I would be hurt by that. Right. Because you're not trusting that I'm going to go slow, that I'm going to communicate that I'm going to stop when it gets to be too much. Like I, of course, if you don't trust that I'm going to do those things, yeah, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. That is that is a trust issue. Right. But if we were in a role play and I had that moment and I decided, I'm going to tell her I'm going to fist her tonight and I'm going to convince her that I'm really going to. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And I said, look, I'm, and, and I just, I decided I'm going to convince you by saying, look, you can have babies. So I promise you, you can do this. So, so I know that you're tied up. I'm going to force you to do it. It's going to hurt a little bit, but I promise when we're all done, you're going to love it. And if I can manage to convince you that I'm actually going to do this and you believe that I'm disregarding you and you get scared, that's because I was trying to scare you. Mm-hmm. There's, that's not the same thing. Like yeah. I've succeeded in making you lose trust in me because I was trying to make you lose trust in me the same way when I laugh at you and you can't breathe. <laughs> that sounds awful. When I laugh at you, it's because, no, it's because I'm trying to eliminate your trust. I mean, like I said, you have to trust the situation to enjoy it, but you also must lose trust. You have to lose trust at that moment. That's what suspending disbelief is, right? You have to lose trust to actually be scared. I think you understood the question perfectly, and that's that's exactly what I was trying. The answer I was trying to get, like I didn't, I don't understand because I don't top. So, like the difference between those two types of fear, 
Like, I understand that now. Yeah, absolutely. I, I tell you all the time. I mean, how many times when we have sex have I talked about we're going to push your past your hard nose tonight? Mm-hmm. Right? How many times have I talked about it? All the time. Yeah. How many times have I done it? Mm. None. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're thinking about, but that was a very specific thing done in a way that was you did not find afterwards was unacceptable, correct? Right. So I know, <laughs> I know exactly what you're thinking. No, I don't do your hard nose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. But if I can convince you that I'm going to at that moment, but if I told you beforehand, hey, by the way, we're going to violate a hard note tonight, you won't believe that either. Mm-hmm. It has to be in the moment. It has to be done in a way. But like I said, it doesn't matter the fact that you are an intelligent, rational human being who does not believe in magic and teleportation and the pseudosciences doesn't change the fact that you can have fun at a magic show. Right. Like, you can have fun even though you know that it's not real. But you have to suspend something. Mm-hmm. There has to be some suspension there. You have to, and, and it, it's, I'm guessing it's not even an active thing you do. It's a letting go of the thing. Right. So you're, you're actively just letting go. Mm-hmm. That's, so fear is a, a form of submission. Fear can be a form of submission. Fear can <laughs> also be a a way of causing pain. Mm-hmm. It's another pain tool. Mm-hmm. It's a chemical reaction that is gets twisted into being erotic, but mm-hmm. it's not a pleasurable thing in of itself. Right. It's the opposite. It's something that you either fight or flight from. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, that's also fun because sometimes when you get scared, you fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's also fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Not for you. Really? Oh, it is. <laughs> I love everything we do. I know. I know you do. It, it's, it's all constructed that way. So, yeah. Fear is just another arrow in the quiver. It's another thing to play with. Another flavor of the kink buffet. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. That was so... <laughs> like, I, I... Like, a... Like, I almost want to cut that out. It was so corny. <laughs> but it's also pretty good. So we'll we'll, we'll, we'll leave it in because we don't edit. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add about fear? I think that's all. We'd love to hear your questions yeah. about how to execute or ways that we play. Tell us how you play with fear. Tell we can us. be reached on all of our social media. Links are available at kinkbuffet.com or send us an email at kinkbuffet at gmail.com. And enjoy Halloween. And stay away from clowns. Yes, no clowns. No clowns. That was for you, by the way. Thank you. You're welcome. Until next time. Bye.